Welcome to the Scouting Guide Podcast, the show that brings the world of merit badge books to life. I'm Caleb, and I'm thrilled to be your host. This podcast is a passion project born out of my love for scouting and my own experiences as a Boy Scout. As a scout, I've come to appreciate incredible values of merit badge books, but I also understand the challenges that they can present, especially when it comes to the traditional reading. This podcast was created to bridge that gap. I've been there, struggling to absorb the valuable knowledge within these pages. That's why I've decided to launch this unique podcast in early 2022. The primary aim is to provide an accessible platform for all scouts who encounter difficulties with traditional reading methods. Through the spoken word, I aim to make the Merit Badge books more accessible and bring their valuable content to life. On every episode, we'll explore a myriad of topics and skills essential to the scouting experience. Together, we'll discover the wonders of nature, embrace the values of community service, and unlock the potential within ourselves through these incredible badges. Whether you're a seasoned scout looking to expand your knowledge, or a newcomer just starting your scouting adventure, this podcast is here to inspire, educate, and empower you along the way. So join me on this journey as we dive deep into the world of merit badge books. Get ready to learn, grow, and make some scouting more accessible to all. This is the Scouting God Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Scouting God Podcast. I want to first off thank everybody for listening. Um, if you're following along, we're going to start on page one, and this is the Emergency Preparedness Merit Badge reading. Now, let's begin. The following are the requirements for the Emergency Preparedness Merit Badge. Requirement 1 says, earn the first aid merit badge. Number 2 says, do the following. Discuss with your counselor aspects of emergency preparedness. 1. Prepare for an emergency situation. 2. Respond to emergency situations. 3. Recover from emergency situations. 4. Prevent emergency situations. 5. Mitigate losses in emergency situations. Include your discussions the kinds of questions that are important to ask yourself as you consider each of these. B. Make a chart that demonstrates your understanding of each of the aspects of emergency preparedness in Requirement 2A. Prepare, respond, recover, prevent, and mitigate. With regard to 10 of the situations listed below, you must use situations 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 below in boldface, but you may choose any other 5 listed here for a total of 10 situations. Discuss this chart with your counselor. Um, 1. Home or kitchen fire. 2. Home basement storage room slash garage fire. Explosion in the home. Automobile crash. Foodborne illnesses. Fire or explosion in a public place. Vehicle stalled in the desert. Vehicle trapped in a blizzard. M- uh, flash flooding in a town or in the country. Mountain slash backcountry accident. Boating or water accident. Gas leak in a home or a building. Tornado or hurricane. Major flood. Toxic chemicals spills and releases. Nuclear power plant emergency. Avalanche. Snow slide or rock slide. Violence in a public place. C. Meet with and teach your family how to get or build a kit. Make a plan and and informed for the situations. The chart you created for requirement 2B. Complete a family plan. Uh, Family meeting. Discuss the responses and share your family plan. 3. Show how you can safely save a person from the following. Touching a live household electrical wire. B. Structure filled with carbon monoxide. C. Clothes on fire. D. Drowning. Using non-swimming rescues, including accidents on ice. 4. Show three ways of attracting and communicating with rescue planes slash aircraft. 5. With another person, show a good way to transport an injured person out of a remote and or rugged area. 
conserving the energy of rescuers while ensuring the well-being and protection of the injured person. 6. Do the following. A. Describe the National Incident Management System, NIMS, slash Incident Command System, ICS. B. Identify the local government or community agencies that normally handle and prepare for emergency services, similar to those of the NIMS or ICS. Explain to your counselor one of the following. 1. How the NIMS slash ICS can assist a Boy Scout troop when responding in a disaster. 2. How a group of scouts could volunteer to help the event of these types of emergencies. C. Find out who is your community emergency management director and learn what this person does to prepare for, respond to, recover from, prevent, and mitigate emergency situations in your community. Discuss this information with your counselor and apply what you discover to the chart you created for requirement 2B. 7. Do the following. A. Take part in an emergency service project, either a real one or a practice drill, with a scouting unit or a community agency. B. Prepare a written plan for mobilizing your troop when needed to do an emergency service. If there is already a plan, explain it. Tell your part in making it work. 8. Do the following. A. Tell the things a group of scouts should do to prepare to do the training that they need and the safety precautions they should take for the following emergency services. 1. Crowd and traffic control. 2. Messenger service and communication. 3. Collection and distribution services. 4. Group feeding slash shelter and sanitation. B. Prepare a personal emergency service pack for a mobilization call. Prepare a family emergency kit. Suitcase or waterproof box for use by your family in case an emergency evacuation is needed. Explain the needs and uses of the contents. 9. Do one of the following. Use a safety checklist approved by a counselor. Inspect your home for potential hazards. Explain the hazards you find and how they can be corrected. B. Review or develop a plan of escape for your family in case of fire in your home. C. Develop an accident prevention program for five family activities outside the home such as taking a picnic or seeing a movie. These include an analysis of possible hazards, a proposed plan to correct those hazards, and the reasons for the corrections you proposed. Introduction The Atlantic hurricane season of 2005 produced one of the five deadliest hurricanes in U.S. history. Hurricane Katrina made landfall on August 29, 2005, with peak winds up to 175 miles per hour. The storm caused great devastation along much of the country's Gulf Coast. The loss of life and property was particularly catastrophic in the New Orleans, Louisiana, where the city's leaf system failed. Floodwaters consumed the area, and nearly 80% of the city lay underwater. The storm's past caused several damage to the entire Mississippi coast. The damage reached as far as 100 miles from the eye of the storm. Alabama and Florida also suffered flooding, property damage, and loss of lives. Scouts make a difference. More recently, the 2011 tornado season produced the second highest number of tornadoes record in a single U.S. history with 116,091 reported. One of those tornadoes, an EF-5, which causes the most intense damage, destroyed most of Japolin, Missouri, and became the deadliest tornado in the United States since 1950. With winds reaching more than 200 miles per hour and a track three-quarters of a mile wide and six miles long, the Jollapin tornado damaged 
or destroyed thousands of structures, injured more than a thousand, and resulted in more than 150 deaths. Almost immediately, the Ozark Trails Council, which serves the Jopolin area, began receiving inquiries from scouts all over the country who wanted to help the damaged city recover. Half of Jalopin's public schools were damaged or destroyed in the storm, and officials determined that preparing for the upcoming school year would require a large-scale term effort. The council planned a day of service on August 6 to benefit the Jalopin School District, bringing together more than 1,000 scouts from seven states to pick up debris, set up equipment, paint playgrounds, fixtures, and distribute classroom supplies. Additionally, the council hosted two days of camp programs at the Frank Children's Scout Reservation in July for the city's summer school students. More than 700 children were able to leave the devastation behind for a few hours and participate in activities that included archery and swimming. Emergency preparedness. What is an emergency? Usually, it is something unforeseen, unexpected, something that requires immediate action. It can be related to weather, such as a hurricane, a tornado, or a snowstorm, or a flood. An emergency can be an accident, such as an explosion, a fire, or a car accident. As a scout, you should try to learn the actions that can be helped and needed before an emergency. What preparedness is all about, as well as during and in and after an emergency. It is important to be calm during an emergency situation. Being prepared with the knowledge to help others can help you remain a level-headed. These tips may also be helpful. When an emergency arises, take a deep breath. Assess the situation and plan how to proceed. Focus on your task. Scouts are often called to help because they know first aid and they know about the discipline and planning needed to support a situation that requires leadership. Scouting gives you the opportunity to understand and respond to your community's emergency preparedness plan. As you earn this merit badge, you will learn how to handle many emergency situations as an individual and as a member of a scouting unit, serving as your neighborhood and community. Whether you are needed as an active member of a community response team, or whether you gather the skills and information you need to help to protect your family yourself from an injury, everything that you will learn helps you to be brave and prepared to help other people at all times. The Federal Emergency Management Agency responds to all types of disasters. Some are weather-related emergencies such as hurricanes, tornadoes, tsunamis, volcanic eruptions, earthquakes, and winter storms. Other emergencies may be caused by humans and may or may not be international. Such situations include chemical or hazardous material emergencies, dam failures, nuclear power plant emergencies, and acts of terrorism. Prepared for a good turn. After the terrorist attack on the United States on September 11, 2001, thousands of American heroes emerged. Among the police officers, firefighters, and rescue workers who saved life and worked around the clock during a pivotal moment in American history. Uh, who other heroes who railed for their country? Scouts. The Boy Scouts of America commissioned artist Jeffrey Kastari to capture a lasting image of the scouts who were prepared for, who responded to, this emergency. The painting called Prepared for a Good Turn portrays scouts working on to provide relief among, alongside police officers and firefighters and illustrates true stories of scouts heroes among them. Cub Scouts from Illinois who sent work to gloves to the crewed members at Ground Zero and Scouts from New York who donated costs for the relief to rest on them on site and collected bottled drinks to help refresh them. The painting also includes Scouts in Oklahoma who started a helping hands for heroes. 
campaign to lend a hand to families of those suddenly called into active military duty. First Aid First One of the first requirements for this merit badge is to earn the First Aid Merit Badge. First Aid in is Emergency Preparedness in Action. You need to be able to recognize what is wrong with a person and then react to the emergency with the correct treatment until medical help arrives. You should know first aid so well that you would be able to turn to react to any situation immediately. What you would do in these situations. You are eating pizza with some friends. Suddenly, your friend's little sister darts in and grabs some pizza. As she runs away giggling and eating, she trips and starts choking. She turns blue and stops breathing. What do you do? Another one is, you are camping with your patrol. During some free time, you offer to take a new patrol member on a hike around the lake. When you're halfway around the lake, he says his heel is so sore he can hardly walk. He takes off his shoe. He is wearing old running shoes rather than sturdy hiking boots and finds a huge blister. You have two miles to walk in either direction to get back to camp and do first aid. What do you do? You are horsing around with your friends indoors on a rainy day. One buddy pushes another and he falls into a glass-topped coffee table. The glass shatters and gashes his wrist. Blood starts spewing out. What do you do? While skateboarding with a friend, his board hits a crack and he's thrown from it. He is not wearing a helmet. His head hits the cement, knocking him unconscious. What do you do? Now, look at the situations again, and ask yourself how you might have helped to prevent them. Other important parts of emergency preparedness. These emergencies call for immediate action. If you have already earned the first aid merit badge, review those skills so you already will be prepared to use them in any emergency situation. The latest first aid for wounds and CPR. Most of us are concerned about the rapid spread of bloodborne pathogens such as the hepatitis B virus, HBV, and human interfumicity virus, HIV, and the AIDS virus, and try to avoid exposing ourselves to this hazard. Health professionals and first aiders like those of us in scouting may find ourselves faced with the special problems in this regard. The First Aid Merit Badge pamphlet and other BSA handbooks used to advocate direct hand pressure to stop bleeding and injuries. However, this action could involve getting the victim's blood on the rescuer's skin. If the victim has HIV or some other bloodborne disease, the rescuer could be infected with the virus. If the rescuer has open wounds or on or near his, his or her hands, there is a risk of the passing airborne infections, diseases such as influenza from the victim to rescuer. But scout leaders, uh, parents, and youth members should know that there is no evidence that a rescuer can be infected by the hepatitis B virus or HIV either through contact with human saliva or by giving rescue breathing. Studies show that both hepatitis B and HIV are bloodborne illnesses. The BSA has checked with experts in the federal government Centers for Disease Control and Prevented prevention, and with the American Red Cross, those authorities suggest that we should maintain the BSA's tradition of rendering first aid to those in need. Recognize that every often the victims we treat with first aid are friends and family members with whose health are familiar. Therefore, in such cases, except when we know that they have infectious diseases, we should not hesitate to render first aid. The BSA Health and Safety Committee recommends the following. Treat all blood and other bodily fluids as if they are contaminated with bloodborne viruses. Do not use bare hands to stop bleeding. Always use a protective barrier. 
Always wash exposed skin areas with water and soap immediately after treating the victim. Have available and use potential protective equipment that helps prevent direct contact with infected materials. These equipment includes disposable non-latex glove and breathing barriers used when performing rescue breathing. To help reduce the risk of getting transmitting infectious diseases, follow those guidelines for use of protective equipment. Water disposable signal use gloves whenever giving care, particularly, particularly if there is a risk of contacting with blood or bodily fluids. Wear protective coverings such as a mask, eyewear, or ground when you are likely to come in contact with blood or other bodily fluids that may splash. Cover any cuts, scrapes, or sores prior to putting on protective equipment. Use breathing barriers such as a rescuation mask or face shields when giving rescue breaths. A breathing barrier with one-way HEPA valves offers the best protection. Remove disposable gloves without contacting the soiled of the gloves and dispose of them in a proper container. Change gloves before you care for a different victim. Remove jewelry, such as rings, bracelets, and watches before putting on disposable gloves. Do not clean or reuse disposable gloves. Do not use disposable gloves that are discolored, torn, or punctured. Prepare, respond, recover, prevent, and mitigate. In many ways, the world you live in today as is much safer than the world in which your parents and grandparents grew up. For instance, medical advances today gives us better protection from some diseases that were devastating in the past, such as the smallpox. Weather forecasting technology allows for more accurate predictions and better planning for implement weather. Many transitions help us to be safer and deal with emergencies too. These occupational safety and Health Administration helps ensure safe and healthful workplaces for employees in the United States. The Federal Emergency Management Agency has the mission of helping citizens plan for and respond to disasters and emergencies of all kinds. The American Red Cross works around the world to help people in need, but it is not enough to rely on medicine, technology, institutions, or the actions of others to help keep us prepared and safe. Look about potential dangers. As you work on requirements for these emergency preparedness merit badge, pay close attention to four things. Preparedness, response, recovery, and mitigation, and protection. The five aspects of emergency preparedness. Emergency personnel, such as Red Cross and FEMA workers, use many of the same terms when talking about emergency management. That is just one reason it is a good idea to become familiar with such terms. If you find yourself working with emergency personnel, you will understand what your actions are helping to accomplish. 1. Preparedness When you take actions to prepare for emergencies, you recognize the possible threats from natural and other disasters. Making a plan and practicing it, assembling an emergency or disaster supplies kit, and installing warning devices are all actions you can take to prepare for an emergency. 2. Response in this phase of the emergency management, you may be called upon to help with shelter, first aid, and other activities. On a personal level, your response to an emergency can take many forms, such as aggravating an area. Your response can help reduce the occurrence of secondary damage. 3. Recovery. After a disaster or other emergency, the goal is to try to get things back to normal. In addition to rebuilding and repairing property, there are also to be work done to try to bring physical and emotional health back to stable condition.
Prevention. By planning ahead and taking prevention seriously, you can help prevent accidents from happening in the first place. Mitigation. You can help reduce the loss of life and property by lessening the impact on future disasters. This means taking action before the next disaster happens. Let's say you live in an area that has a high tornado risk. You can prepare by recognizing that a tornado emergency could happen to you and making a plan to aid your family in case that emergency. You can respond by knowing what actions you will take ahead of time. You may have to recover from a tornado that damages your home. Services and resources can be obtained from the Red Cross or other providers, but all the way, you can take actions Actions help prevent additional injuries and accidents and mitigate or lessen the impact on your family. For instance, watching the news and being familiar with tornado sirens that sound in your area could give you more time to respond. Taking shelter away from windows in a basement or interior room of the house could lessen your chances of being hit by flying objects. Even after a tornado, as you help with rebuilding efforts, wearing a sturdy pair of work gloves can help you from getting cuts and infections from handling debris. Questions for emergency preparedness. Here are some of the kinds of questions you may ask yourself. Look around. Questions that will help you prepare for a risky situation or, poss- or possibly of emergency or accident occurring. Have I prepared a disaster supply kit with supplies that will last for at least three days? Is the kit packed and stored in an easy-to-access area? Have I made an emergency plan with my family members in case of a disaster? Have I planned the quickest escape routes from my home and evacuation routes in my neighborhood? Does my family have a meeting place outside our home in case of a fire and another place outside the neighborhood in case we cannot return home? Do we have an out-of-town contact person to call with information about our safety and location in case our local lines are jammed? Do I know the safe place to go with my home in case my family and I need to shelter during extreme wind events such as a tornado? Have I positioned emergency members near our home or telephone where they can easily be found? And many other questions. 2. Questions that will help respond to an emergency situation in the best way can. How can I help plan for crisis? Do I know what actions to take for potential emergency? Have I gathered and positioned supplies and contact numbers that might be needed? Can I help educate and train people about safety and preparedness? Do I know which neighbors that may need help? These questions are good questions to ask yourself. Emergency packs and kits. The following emergency kits will provide you with items that will make your life easier in the event of an emergency. Also, by assembling and maintaining such kits, you are thinking ahead about how to deal with possible emergencies before they even develop. Family Emergency Kit If you have ever received a warning that requires you and your family to evacuate your home, you may have a little time to throw together a few items or dash to a well-stocked emergency shelter. It would be better to have a box suitcase of emergency supplies and water on hand to meet your family's needs for a few days or, or even better for a week. These items come in handy in an emergency, even if you do not need to evacuate. Some families keep their supplies in a basement shelter area or in a storm cellar if they have one. Include the following items. Minimum of three days supply of water. One gallon per person per day. Sorted in a sealed, unbreakable container such as plastic jugs. Non-perishable foods, including pet food, and a non-electric can opener. Be sure to check expiration dates. Eating utensils. Any special foods or other important items for babies, elderly people, or family matters such as extra sunglasses,
prescription medications, if possible, portable devices, and battery chargers. Family first aid kit, battery or crank-powered radio, flashlights or lantern or chemical light sticks, extra batteries, stored separately and rotted with flush ones, matches and waterproof container and fire starting kit, blankets or a sleeping bag for each family member, extra clothing appropriate for the season, dust masks for air filtering, soap wipes or antibacterial gel for hand sanitation, toilet paper, emergency toilet if needed, use a garbage container bucket or similar light container using a plastic bag, tie the bags near the top to allow for gas buildup. Throw sawdust, cat litter, sand, or dirt into the bag each use to help contain odors and dry waves. Copies of important family documents, such as identification, copies of insurance policies, prescription lists, and emergency contacts lists with phone numbers and email addresses, kept in a waterproof container. Whistle to signal for help. Local maps for navigating to shelters. Be sure to obtain a local map area where you are visiting another area. Cash and coins. Books, games, and other personal comfort items. Sunscreen and insect repellent. There are more lists listed in this book, but for time's sake, I'm going to skip over them and continue reading in this Merit book. Thanks for understanding. And if you are following along, we're going to skip down to page 31. Types of emergencies. There are many types of emergencies, and in many ways they occur. Becoming familiar with emergencies and their circumstances can help you prepare, respond, recover, mitigate, and prevent. Knowledge of hazards and dangers can also help prevent emergencies, too. Emergencies in the home. Most people think of their homes as a safe haven. While our homes are safe places, accidents can happen in or near them. With good prevention techniques, many accidents can be avoided. Learn to recognize possible hazards in your environment or unsafe behaviors. However, in the case of a true emergency, your response to the emergency situation can help to prevent injuries or even to save lives. A fire or explosion. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So goes the old saying, and recognizing potentially hazard situations that might lead to fire or an explosion is the first step on the road to prevention. Fire safety in the home. How safe from fire or explosion is your home? You can do a lot to prevent fires. We help from your family. Get rid of hazards, clear closets in the attic, the cellar and storage areas of flammable rubbish such as papers and empty cartons. Check around the furnace and gas-fired water heater and move anything that could burn, such as paper, at least three feet away from it. Move any flammable liquids, such as oil-based paint, to another location. Properly dispose of partially filled or unneeded cans of paint and varnish. Paint soap brushes and oily rags. Keep turpine and paint thinners in airtight cans. Store gasoline, benzene, nipitha, and charcoal lighter fluid, camp fuel, and other highly flammable liquids in tightly closed metal containers outside the home. Throw out any trash that has collected around the yard. All homes should have three to five foot zone free of overgrown grasses, overhanging branches, and wood piles in areas with high wildfire danger. The zone should be around 30 feet. Be alert of the danger of lighting strikes and electrical fire hazards. If you find frayed cords, bare wires, or broken plugs in your home, suggest to your parents that these should be replaced. Do not plug too many appliances or devices into one outlet or one circuit. This would be a good time to have a family talk. 
about one electrical system and the use of electricity in your home. Learn the location of your household circuit box and know how to safely cut off the power. Do not reset breakers without permission and only if you have corrected the problem. Uh, fires can start even when the safety measures are taken, so every family should have a fire escape plan. Develop one for your family that details two ways to escape from each room in your home. Make sure your family has a portable escape ladder at each window in bedrooms above the first floor that can be used from most windows. Talk about what you do if your home were to catch on fire. For further references and more fire prevention ideas, see the first a safety checklist in the Fire Safety Merit Badge pamphlet. As we conclude an another adventure in the world of Merit Badge books, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Scouting God podcast. Your support and dedications mean the world to me. If you enjoyed today's episode or found it valuable, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform, or you can do it on my website. Your feedback helps us reach even more scouts and make Merit Badge books more accessible to everyone around the world. Remember, every Sunday at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, we release a new episode, but please be aware that on holidays your schedule may vary. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook, as well as emailing us at thescoutinggodpodcast at gmail.com. Your input shapes the content we create. Scouting is a journey, and we're here to support you every step of the way. Whether you're a seasoned scout looking to expand your knowledge or just starting out on your adventure, remember that the Scouting God podcast is here to inspire, educate, and empower you. So until next time, embrace the values of scouting, keep exploring, and always strive to be prepared. This is Caleb signing off from the Scouting God podcast.